Well, if you have your Bibles, please turn uh, to Galatians chapter 4. We've been heading through the book of Galatians together. I I hope you're falling in love with God's word. It is life for you. And uh, today, as we go into Galatians 4, we're going to be talking about how we understand God determines how we live. How we understand God determines how much freedom we have, determines how much we value our life, determines so much of our life. And so today it's really important for us to begin to understand how to view God. If you're watching online, we just want to say welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether it's from your hotel room, whether it is from your resort location. I'm jealous, by the way, all of you vacationing right now. And, uh, and for you those in the room, I am just so grateful for this time to be together. I'm going to talk about some things today, though, that require us to have spiritual eyes and ears. And uh, it's interesting, I, we're teaching a new song starting today in kids' church, and if you've never seen, by the way, some of our, our kids' church videos that Carrie does every week, uh, they are, you're going to learn so much, you'll be entertained, it's a lot of fun, but they also sing worship, our kids do, um, and they learn these songs every month, and I, I thought it's really important because I was watching this um, worship song that the kids are going to learn hand motions to, And I thought it was so important for us to understand what this meaning is. Watch this song, and if you want to do hand motions, you can with it. Okay, the, the big idea there, though, is nobody can see the kingdom unless they're born again. Why this is so important is because for us to understand our relationship with God, it first has to be through an understanding and a lens of coming to Jesus and giving your life to him, which is called being born again. That our spiritual life, when you give your life to Jesus, that's the moment that you are uh, born. You're born into the spirit. And so it's really important. I just want to, before we begin this message, give us an opportunity to make sure that everybody is at this place where they said, you know what? I, I want to understand who this, what this kingdom of God is, and I want to understand who God is. And it starts by receiving Jesus into your life. So just take a moment where you're at and just even just refreshing and rekindling that. Father, I just pray that we would receive Jesus right now, that we would Uh, receive all the work that Jesus has done in our life as we've just taken communion, understanding what that means, that you've redeemed us, you've bought us back um, from our own selfish, sinful ways, and you have now placed us into the family of God. Help us to understand what it means to live in the kingdom of God and understand this relationship you've called with, uh, with us to you, our Father. In Jesus' name, amen. So no one can see the kingdom unless they're born again. And I think many times the, 
Uh, Jesus' followers, and when he was teaching, he would teach in parables, but people didn't fully understand it's because Jesus was talking about something you can't always see. You can't always see it. But we try to put words around it to try to help us understand, and this is what I'm going to do today, about understanding our relationship with God. So, We've been doing this class. By the way, our life groups are going on. They're, they're awesome. You'll want to make sure you plug in in our spring life group session if you haven't been plugged into our groups. But I'm in a, in a group called Emotionally Healthy Relationships. And last week in class, we learned that so much of our family past defines how we view things today. We had to do a genome, which was going back four generations and do a family tree And then understand where we've had broken relationships and traumatic events, and we looked at these negative parts of our life because it defines how we see things. And we said this, we learned that grandpa might be in the grave, but he still lives in our bones, (laughs) right? This idea that there's something about our past that has defined who we are today, but it, it, it makes the way, the lens in which we view things It affects that. In the same way, the way we view God, our Father, is so much a lens is is put on us based on our own relationship with our own Father. And today I want to help us re-understand what this relationship is all about because that's going to help you live full and free. Everybody want to live full and free? And so we need to understand this relationship that God wants us to have. So in Galatians chapter 4, we begin to understand how how we understand God determines how we live, but he's still going on in this idea of law versus flesh, living by the law, living by the flesh, which we talked about last week, or living by the spirit. I'm gonna start in Galatians chapter four. Actually, I'm gonna start Galatians three, verse 28. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's, no, there's neither no male or female, for, for you are still one in Christ Jesus. And if you, are, um, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. We'll break that out a little bit, so don't get too hung up on what does that mean, Abraham, heirs of the promise. So basically what he's saying, uh, neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, just basically saying when you enter the kingdom of God, you're not coming in with all of your baggage, of your traditions in your family upbringing and what you think. Coming into the kingdom of God means you're taking on a new identity and you're coming and belonging to a different family. Goes on to say now starting in chapter four, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and uh, managers until the day set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of this world. Okay, what he's saying there is is understanding that when you're a child, whether it is, um, whether you were a slave child or a free child, you still, in essence, had, you thought like children. And he's saying, it's time to grow up and not just think about this world, just not think about the pleasures of this world, just don't, or, or just thinking about that somehow you just gotta follow a bunch of rules. Then it goes on to say this, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, 
born of a woman, born of the law. So Mary was Jewish, born into a Jewish family. So that would be considered towards the law. So that we might receive adoptions as sons. And I would say as daughters. He's writing his letter mostly to men, but he's saying sons and daughters. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts crying, Abba, Father. It's really important that you pick up that point right there that Paul's saying. By the way, Paul is writing to the church of Galatia, which is modern day uh, Turkey, Ankara. I've been there. Um, That's the capital city of Turkey, Turkey, and that's where um, Galatia was at the time. So he's writing to them. Here they are challenged, they're fighting over this idea that somehow, this is why he makes a definition of Greek and Jew, slave and free. They're fighting over this idea of like, do I have to keep all the laws? Jewish would be like, they're big on the laws, right? God's covenantal laws. The Greeks, on the other hand, followed their mythology and they followed um, uh, their thinking of living for the world and living for now. And, and as they were starting to come to Christ, they were starting to argue, do we need to be, do we need to be circumcised? As the Greeks were kind of like, that's a Jewish tradition. And Paul's like, guys, guys, this is not the point. This is not the point. You're starting to look at this from a worldly perspective. Like somehow, yes, we want to follow God. Now that means we have to follow all these traditions. And he's saying, no. (laughs) You need to understand that it's about a relationship, not about a law and a rule and a bunch of do's and don'ts. And this is why when he says, Abba, Father, he's defining what that is. Abba really means daddy. Which is this like endearing, it's like a, a child coming up into their father's lap and say, Daddy, I love you. And, and the father just lavishes that love uh, on his child. And this is why he says, I don't call you slaves, I'm not your master. He goes, I call you sons and daughters. This idea that God wants to be our father. And here's the Jews and the Greeks, the, the law keepers, right? We know how to keep the law. The, the Greeks who live for the world and their mythology. And, and he's saying, you're, both of you guys are missing it. You understand that why, why Jesus came is so you can have a relationship with daddy God who wants to love you and care for you and look after you. But sometimes we, we come to this understanding who God is the wrong way, maybe we were just brought up in the church and all we think of, you know, a relationship with God means we gotta go to church, we gotta read our Bibles, we have a bunch of things we have to do, or maybe you don't come from a church background and said, all I know of Christians is like, they're mean sometimes, they're hypocrites, right? And, but yet there's something inquisitive, or I've met some really great Christians too, I, I wanna make sure you, a lot of you are those people, right? Who will like, Gracious, forgiving, kind. Yes, those are, that's you. And, and so, so, but the way that we see God determines how we live for him and the relationship we have with him. So here we are in Galatians 4, starting off in understanding that he calls us sons and daughters and we need to understand this is not about free, slave, Greek, Jew, but really about adoption as sons and daughters. Is that not a warm feeling for you to know that the God of the universe wants to be close and he's wanting to have this relationship where we call him daddy, father? 
Now, I get, I get this understanding. If you've had a bad relationship with your father, it's really, really hard to understand what it means to have a father that just loves you unconditionally. Let me give you an example, though, of helping us understand a little bit of the law. And I think this is going to be really helpful for you because, remember, Jesus came to fulfill the law, not to abolish it, to fulfill it, and this is what it means, and this is why the Jews kind of struggled with this idea. When God first gave the law to Moses on Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments, unfortunately, we probably don't even know what they are anymore because they've been stripped from all of our public places, You know, the ones, don't lie, don't steal, don't don't sleep around with somebody else's spouse, you know, all those ones. Don't covet, don't have idols. That law is important, but the law by itself was never enough, and I'll tell you why. I'll give you an example. It's like, um, have you been to a pool and you see a bunch of pool rules, right? There's no, li- no lifeguard on duty. Swim at your own risk. Don't run around the pool. Don't dive in the pool. There's a bunch of rules. Now, those rules are really meant to protect you. right? They're, they're meant with great intentions, but they are by themselves on a board, on a fence by the pool, are a bunch of rules that probably try to tell you what you can't do. The difference would be if there was a kind person who is actually saying, hey, I want to get to know you. I want to let you know the lay of the land here. Let me tell you about this pool. If you go over here, you don't know how to swim. You're probably going to drown, right? Let me teach you how to swim over here. By the way, if you run, you're going to like trip, fall. You're going to skid up your skin. It's not going to be pretty. Um, and it'd be like, oh, great. Thank you so much for those rules. That's really helpful because I know how to succeed around this environment now. See, that's the difference of just the law versus a relationship with our Father. The law by itself just makes you feel like there's a bunch of do's and don'ts, but the intention behind the law was to protect you and to care for you. The Ten Commandments were about giving you life, actually. It was the way to function and live together that that everybody prospered, everybody cared for each other. But the law by itself, the pool rules by the self, just feels like punitive. And and when you break the rule, then it somewhat judges you. When you break the the law, it's like holding up a mirror that continues to reflect on you of the mistakes that you've made. And this is what the Jewish people had to do. And, And many of us who don't know Jesus, who just want to live right, struggle with. It's just a bunch of rules. Or people who say, you know what? That's all Christianity is, is a bunch of rules. I have no interest in just having people tell me that I'm doing it the wrong way all the time. (laughs) And by the way, it wouldn't be fun living in that environment, right? Somebody telling you, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong all the time. But here what he's saying is he's beginning to identify this different kind of, of living. And he begins to give an example of this in Galatians 4, starting in in verse 21, the example of Hagar and Sarah. Sarah, Abraham's wife, okay, this is like in Genesis, historical account. Um, So Abraham has this wife, they were Abram, and then became Abraham, Sarah, Sarai became Sarah. A promise was given that she would be with child and Abraham would have descendants, numerous, numerous, numerous descendants. And 
Sarah in her old age couldn't um, bear children, uh, so she thought. And so he picks a slave woman, Hagar, who was one of Sarah's maids, and he sleeps with her and has a child, Ishmael. Paul goes on to tell this story, and he says, this is really what it's like. Now, Sarah eventually gives birth, but through a miracle, through faith, and, and he says, this is the definition. Sometimes you just, you want to go to the slave woman, and you want to push your own way and make your own way in life, and you're not even considering God and considering the promises that God has for you, and you give birth to this thing called Ishmael. Ishmael, in many ways, represents things that we've birthed out on our own effort. And I'd say those are many of us who've tried to walk our life without Jesus. We go on pushing our own way, trying to make our own way, devoid of consulting God and realizing we have a father that wants to be with us and guide us and nurture us. And we, we find that we've made a mess of some things in our life. And, and we've birthed an Ishmael. But that's the work of the flesh. And he's saying, and he's saying, and that's the slave woman. In other words, it's, we, we, we find whether it's a law or flesh, it puts us into slavery. But he's saying, now the free woman, Sarah, who actually gave birth and promised, the promise was fulfilled through that. And we realize that God, in a relationship, birthed some amazing things through Sarah and Abraham's life. And, and that's the way that God wants to do it in our life. He wants to birth miracles in and through us and he wants to be our father close to us. So as he's whispering promises, as he's prophesying good things over our life, we can hear those and say, Daddy, Abba Father, thank you. I, I just want to be close to you. The reason why I say the way that we view God the way that we understand God determines how we live is because if you understand God as, as, as just the lawgiver, you're gonna think God is harsh, judgmental, pointing a finger at you, waiting for you to make a mistake and say, caught you. But that is not a right view of who God is. That, that's a view from, from the law side of it. The other side would be like the, the view of him from the flesh, which is God is, is some being distant. I don't really know who he is, but he's some distant being. And uh, I'm just trying to live my life. So I live it based on my feelings. I live it based on the world around me. And then we find that we're living for ourselves, which actually creates greater bondage because we make decisions that are devoid of the counsel and the graciousness and the love and the direction of our Father in heaven. Versus a relationship out of faith, out of the promises through Jesus Christ. This is how we have a relationship with our Father is through Jesus Christ. That we have a Father that, that calls us sons and daughters. Who says that, yes, I have I, I've given instructions in my word for you. It's because I want to prosper you. And he gives a heart and meaning behind those instructions. And he gives love and care. And by the way, he also gives correction. The Lord says he disciplines those he loves. Uh, can I just encourage you fathers at this moment, just, just fathers for a second here. If you've got kids at home, 
Can, can you just take a moment and think about if you can do your best to represent who your heavenly father is to your kids? I know we're human beings and, and I've made plenty of mistakes as a dad, but the best chance our kids have to know who, who God is is by representing um, God's nature to them. Which means that you're finding ways to pour into them, to prophesy over them, to encourage them, to build them up. Because that's what the, our Father does to us, our Heavenly Father, Abba, Father, does for us. But, but are you the, the critical, judgmental Father who's always pointing out the mistakes of your kids? Because that's not our Heavenly Father. That, that's, that's somebody thinking about the law, thinking about judging, and, and that's a hard environment to grow up in. And it's not the way that our, our Father is, is treating us or wants to treat us. So let's represent, just a side note to this message, a side note for dads, to really understand, dig in who our Heavenly Father is and Father in that way, the best way that you know how. So here's the thing, that, that God wants to be close. God wants to be close to us. He doesn't want to be distant in our lives. And by the way, he's close when we want him close. If you want him distant, he'll be distant. If you want him to, to just be a harsh, judgmental, that's not his nature. He won't be that for you. <laughs> but you're going to begin to think and see God in that way. So everything that happens becomes through that filter. And today I wanted us to take a step into the kingdom of God and understand who our Father in heaven is. I think a good way to understand that is by looking at this other little section, Galatians chapter 4, verse 8. It says, Formerly when you did not know God, by the way, we were all there, right? There's a point in time that we didn't know God. And then through our life growing up, somebody introduced him to us, maybe a family, maybe a friend. But formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. You were enslaved. In other words, you, you thought that you were free, but in reality, you were living as a slave. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, I love that. I love that right there. I think sometimes we think our only job is to somehow know God. But here Paul is saying, it's not only to know God, but allow God to know you. See, see that's the relationship part of it. That's the Abba daddy part of it, which is just not this one way, like somehow I've got to measure up to live for God. It's like God who says, I want to be in a relationship. I want to know your heart. I want to know who you are. I want to get to know you. I mean, he knows us, right? He knows every head, hair on our head. But really what he's saying is I want to build this relationship with you that I can be your father, to care for you, to heal you, to redeem you, to give you hope, to give you a future. So it says that you've come to know God or rather to be known by God 
But then it says this after that, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world? I just want that to be the encouragement for us today that sometimes we, we begin to live into this kingdom of God way and then, then we realize that we slip back into the world and start living for the world again. Living for our flesh or living for the rules. Like we start just checking some boxes. We just start going through life and feeling like either we're doing okay, which if you've got a bunch of boxes checked and, and you're devoid of relationship, that's probably going to feed your pride. Or if you're just living for your flesh, living for the here and the now, living for your desires, temporal earthly desires, pleasure for a season. We talked about it last week. But it comes with pain. Or we can begin to see that God wants a relationship with us. He wants to be your daddy. He wants to spend time with you and to know you and, and you get to know him and he begins to say the things and whisper in your ear and to your heart and to your soul. I love you. I have a plan for you and I have good things in store for you. I want to prosper you. I have a great future for you. Would you walk with me? Would you walk with me? Would you let me be your protector? Let, let me be your caregiver. Let me be the one, your sufficiency. Let me provide for you. And that's our Father. And, and I wonder if the world has gotten a wrong view who, of who God is. Because if people began to see the God of the Bible, the God that I just described to you, the God that Paul was trying to tell the, tell the Galatians. It's like, you guys are thinking about the wrong thing. You're, you're fighting over the wrong stuff. God just wants to be with you. He loves you. He wants to be close to you. That the world would be knocking down our doors to say, can I be in relationship with a father like that? They would. But you know, it's easy for us to see because many of us have given our life to Jesus so we can understand we've walked into now understanding the kingdom of God. Going back to the beginning of the song that no one can understand the kingdom of God or enter the kingdom of God unless they've given their life to Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage you that don't be afraid to share Jesus. That, that was message number one from, uh, actually that's message number two. The first message was what you talk about is, is the gospel you're preaching. And I said, let's talk about Jesus a little bit more. But the reality is, is people do not know and they cannot have this kind of relationship with their father, daddy, God, without them first coming to know Jesus. So my challenge for all of us this week is to say this simple thing. I desire to know you, Heavenly Daddy. When you wake up in the morning, say, I desire to know you, Heavenly Daddy. I know that word Daddy sounds kind of weird. <laughs> but that's Abba. That's Abba. This level of closeness and intimacy. And then pray, I want to know you. And then, then also say this, I want to be known by you. 
Would you do that this week? It will, will change something for you in your relationship with your Father in heaven. But then I would also encourage you, people are longing to be loved by their Father in heaven. But that only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And how do they know Jesus? They know Jesus by people like you and I who are willing to share who Jesus is with them. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, and this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say, invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together, and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching. Thank you.